joins uh, Ken Trey on All Access. So keep it right here on 106.1. See you tomorrow, straight up 4 o'clock. My name is Eric Ash. From the dog cat to the governor, they all got to go. Already cost us half our shoes. The long nights way we ain't. We ain't gonna lose no more. We'll die to fight. Better do that right. Anytime, anywhere. Smartphone, tune in radio app. We are 1061 Nash Icon, WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com presented by Crescent City Sports, best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the All-State Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics. And by Francesca by Katie, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access with Ken Trahan is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenneth. By Mid-South Coatings, Bears, Full Boys and Metairie. By Bergeron Automotive in Metairie. By LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie. By Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area. John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge. Life Resources Ministries. And by Acropolis Restaurant on Perret. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports, all sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director, Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Wednesday night edition here on 1061 FM Nash Icon, of course, on the web at NashFM1061.com. Tune in app via iHeart anywhere in the world. You can get us via Alexa. Just say play WRKN or play Nash Icon 1061 FM. Email me, Ken at CrescentCitySports.com. And of course, you can call 504-260-1061 to join in the conversation. Pelicans getting underway second summer league game here in just a minute or so. We'll get you updated on that and on the Pelicans. Of course, we'll update you on other college football news coming up later in the show as well. We get started by talking about the New Orleans Saints. And if you're going to do that, no one better to talk to than Jeff Duncan of The Advocate, who joins us now. Jeff, listen, appreciate the time. Always a pleasure. Welcome. How are you? Doing good, Ken. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fine. I'm Okay, so I'm ready to just go ahead and call it what it is. It's the curse of Jeff Duncan. You return to The Advocate, and all of a sudden, everything goes haywire with the New Orleans Saints. It's got to be you, man. Yeah, I feel... I feel like you're not the first one that's brought that up, Ken. I've had a few people mention it out at Saints camp. Yeah, every day it seems like there's something new at Saints camp, something bad and surprising. Uh, so let's hope that they're getting it out of the way early because it hadn't been good so far. Yeah, look, it's the off season from hell thus far. They can't even get to the starting line uh, without having major problems every day. I guess Ty Montgomery, the latest, right? Yeah, he left practice today uh, on a card. That's never a good sign. But we're hoping, you know, we don't know what it is. Don't want to speculate. Let's just hope it's maybe something heat-related because it was, it was very hot out there today. Mm-hmm. And no one seemed to see him get injured. We just all of a sudden saw him on the cart. So let's hope it's something not too serious. They've just had so many guys uh, go down with injuries or suspensions or whatever. Um, you know, the attrition's taking its toll. Yeah, I'm going to get into the Thomas situation in a minute. But you've been very pleased with and impressed with Marquez Callaway, right? Yeah, he's definitely uh, kind of emerged this camp. You can kind of tell, Ken, he's carrying himself with a lot more confidence. Sometimes you see that in young players when they start to believe in themselves. 
Uh, I've had a couple of coaches compare it to Marcus Colston when the light bulb went on for him his rookie year. Now, this is Callaway's second year, but the similar, uh, you know, kind of uh, breakthrough moments that you see from a, a receiver when they start believing they can play at this level. And there's an opportunity for him with, with Mike Thomas out. Uh, they need someone to step into that more high-profile role, and he runs a lot of those same routes. So I think he's going to see a lot of balls here early, in the early part of the season. What's up with Traquan Smith right now, and what do you expect from him in this decisive year in his career? Yeah, very unfortunate for him to have that step back. I think it's just a soft tissue injury. It doesn't sound too serious. He was on the uh, field today, off to the side, working with trainers. That's a very good sign. We haven't seen him at all since he left practice last week. Uh, it's a huge year, like you said. I mean, kind of a, a pivotal year in his career, I think. He's had so many injuries. And the Saints remain very high on him. Uh, they think he can be a front-line receiver in this league, but as you know, he's got to stay on the field. He's got to stay healthy. He's had some breakout performances in his career already. Uh, and if they can get him back, along with Callaway and, of course, Deontay Harris, the, the diminutive speedster, who's also emerged a little bit here and really starting to kind of show confidence, uh, they feel like they can withstand the loss of Thomas with, with those three as their front-line guys. Visiting with Jeff Duncan of The Advocate, NOLA.com, 504-260-1061. I was going to transition into Michael Thomas. Already an email to the inbox. Jeff, enjoy your work. Who is your source? I had to laugh when I saw that. So <laughs> <laughs> let me let me answer that first and foremost. And, and, of course, I wrote a column off of what you reported, and, and I've got a lot of response to it and, and made sure I told everybody, uh, extremely reputable source and reporter here. So trust, uh, trust what you're reading. And I can assure you that most people do. You're never going to gain everybody's confidence, right? It's not possible in this industry, but that's truly the case. And the answer to the question is simple. Uh, Jeff's not going to put something out there unless it is completely and totally reliable and factual. I, I think that's the best answer I can give to that email, right? Oh, of course. I mean, it has to be uh, corroborated by multiple sources. There wasn't one source on that right. story. There was multiple sources. And even since it's run, I've had other sources, including some people from around the league that aren't even involved with the Saints, uh, call with uh, basically validating and giving me more information about the situation. Uh, and I think it speaks volumes that Sean Payton uh, hasn't said one word about it. If, you know Sean. He is yeah. not shy about shooting down a bad report nope. <laughs> and we haven't heard a, a peep out of him because he, he knows it's it's on the mark well I, look i've said it before this is no secret uh, sean payton was never shy about making calls personally to media members i got one years ago i'm sure you have and other people have uh, to let you know what he thinks about certain things now i think that's really calmed down quite a bit as time has progressed but and that's not a criticism at all. I'm just saying that's his nature. He's a very competitive, fiery guy. And obviously, they want to see things reported correctly. But they've always guarded their territory incredibly as well. And the other thing I told people on these shows was the the silence in terms of response tells you everything you need to know. It's 100% accurate. So with that in mind, how do we get here? I mean, last year, as you reported, you had the flare-up with, C.J. Gardner-Johnson at practice. Uh, there was a disciplinary move. And 
To his credit, he tried to come back and play far less than 100%. I did draw the comparison to Drew Brees, though, because I'm sure, as you know, you saw what I saw, and I wrote about it and got enormous response, negative and positive. I didn't know why anybody would be critical of Drew Brees trying to play just because he was hurt. And yet Michael Thomas did the same thing, and nobody criticized him, right? So right. Uh, there's that, which is a double standard. But aside from that, where did this go wrong? Here's a guy that this team has gotten the ball to like nobody at a record-setting year after they gave him an enormous contract. And all of a sudden, it's obvious he doesn't want to be here, and it's obvious the relationship's fractured. How did we get here? Yeah, and I think they're going to be able to repair this. Uh, You know, know Sean uh, is very good at communicating with players. That's what's so unusual about the whole story. Uh, That's a strength of this organization. They never have these kind of situations that that mushroom uh, like this one did. And I, that's why the way I wrote it, Ken, I mean, I, I could only see that Mike Thomas dropped the ball here. It, it has to be on him. It's unacceptable to not return phone calls from the medical staff, from your position coach, from your head coach. It's just too important. There's too many people relying on you. He's too important a player in this organization. They're paying him $20 million a year. Responsibility comes with that. It goes beyond just catching balls on the field. Uh, you become a a leader in the uh, locker room. You become a leader in the organization. Uh, there's uh, obligations you have to fulfill when they give you that kind of financial commitment. You can't just be out there on an island. And I think one of the things that is coming to light here is is that Michael Thomas is just he's just a unique personality. He's a very driven person, but he's also kind of a loner. He doesn't you know have a ton of friends on the team. He does things on his own. In some ways, it's similar to, say, Michael Jordan. You know, Michael Jordan was a very driven, competitive guy. Not a lot of his teammates loved him, you know. I mean, we saw that in the Last Dance documentary, but they respected him because of the way he he was able to uh, carry that team uh, and was a driven competitor. There's a lot of Michael Jordan and Mike, Mike Thomas, but he obviously isn't. You know, Michael Jordan, but I, I, that's the one kind of comparison I, I've tried to come up with that it, it's a guy that does things on his own, but he's in a team sport. And that's the problem. You've got to be integrated and assimilated within the team framework. And sometimes I think Michael uh, Thomas has stepped over that line and, and Sean and Mickey have to rein him back in. Yeah, they've done everything to make him the man. They got rid of Brandon Cooks, as you recall, off of a thousand yard season, a really good season, I might add, and made sure that Thomas was the man and Drew Brees obviously made him the man, relied on him and got him the ball in great places and helped make him successful. And yet he didn't necessarily have Drew Brees back last year, uh, when Brees went through his own difficulties with the team, whereas a lot of other teammates did. So uh, that's the questions I get from people all the time. You know, why? How, and I agree with you, I just think he's an enormous competitive guy who wants to win. You want that on your team. But, as you know, uh, the Saints went through a period there where they had some really shaky character on their team, and it clearly hurt them. And the organization went great measures to make sure they didn't go backwards in that regard. And we all know the Galettes, the Browners, we could go on and on about that situation. Uh, they went out of their way to make sure that didn't happen again. And 
And most recently, there has to be some concerns with Onyemata having a second offense, Lattimore with a gun, and now this situation with Thomas. Uh, is there any real concern about character issues with this organization again? No, and that's a very valid question because in light of this offseason, but this is really the first incident we've seen with Marshawn Lattimore, really, in his entire career. Uh, same for Deontay Harris. So I don't feel like there's recurring issues here. Uh, but I do think they've had a bad offseason in that regard. It almost feels like, Ken, that everyone was all in to try and win another Super Bowl with Drew Brees. Everybody was on board. You know, last year, Taron Armstead, it's Super Bowl or bust. It almost feels like everybody exhaled finally and let their guard down, maybe off the field a little bit. Um, just whatever reason, it feels to me like there's been some kind of letdown and we've seen some some off-the-field issues that we really haven't seen much of going in uh, to this last four- or five-year run where they've been a, a playoff contender again. So what are we looking at from your perspective as we sit here on August the 11th? Are we looking at uh, an epic drop-off? Are we looking at a, a mediocrity situation again for at least this season? Or are we looking at a team that might be able to surprise some people? You know, I saw a stat last night that really hit home. Somebody had done some research and said that they uh, any Hall of any program, any team that's lost a Hall of Fame quarterback for that was with them for a ten year period. I think the next year, the, you know, the first year after losing that quarterback, nine out of ten times they've had a significant drop off of almost like three wins. So if you Look at it that way. This team won 12 games. I think we're probably looking at a 500 level season just on historically speaking. And that doesn't even take into account all the other attrition and the, you know, the cap casualties and the suspensions. It just feels like a lot to overcome. And I think the big concern for me is just the depth that's been robbed by the, the, the attrition. The last year, you know, you might lose Jerry Cook for a game and you could plug in Adam Troutman, who was a good draft pick and he didn't drop off much, and that went across the board. You had Sheldon Rankins on the bench, for Christ's sake. You know, he's a first-round draft pick. Uh, there, there's just not that, that experience-level depth that that team the uh, last couple of years has had. And we know there's going to be injuries. That's part of the game. And when it hits this year, I'm not sure they're going to be able to withstand it the way they have in the past. So I, I think the ceiling here is 10 wins. I mean, that's the ceiling, 10 and 7, uh, to try and just get in the playoff hunt and Maybe get in there and then and then reload next year and figure out what the quarterback situation is because we don't know if if Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill have a long term solution here and both of them on one year contracts uh, we could see this team back in the market for a quarterback you know next season. Yeah, I was transitioned to my next question, but that there's another question to the inbox here for Jeff Duncan. The question being, who's going to be the guy and why wouldn't it be Hill since they should run the football more? Well, I've had that question a few times. It's a good question. Uh, I think there's there's no leader right now. I, I don't think Sean has made a decision. I, I, he wants to see these guys perform in preseason games, wants to see them in situations uh, and see how they react. So I think it's going to go down to the wire, Ken. I, I think they're going to look at every pass and every snap to evaluate it because it's such an important decision. And being at practice, really, neither – quarterback has separated themselves it's been very close and i would say this neither one of them has looked like the second coming of drew Brees, and i think we should all lower our expectations because i 
I think people are going to really start to appreciate number nine. Not that they didn't before, but we kind of took him for granted for a long time. And I think when we see someone else trying to lead this team, uh, it's going to be a reality check. Well, you made the point about the one-year deal for both guys, which tells you what the organization thinks. They don't know if they have a guy at this point. Maybe one emerges. We hope so. And yet, I think there's a realistic to good possibility they're back in the market next year. And then, of course, the next question would be, what do they think of Ian Book? Uh, the answer I can give is that they like him. I, they think they like his intelligence. They like his mobility. The questions around his overall physical ability to make the throws. What have you seen from him to this point? Yeah, I really like him. I, I like everything about him. I like his makeup. Like how he carries himself. I mean, he just he's got a maturity about him. Uh, and and I, the comparison I've made. Is you know maybe to a Jake Delone. He's not going to impress you with his combine skills and things like that. But he's the kind of guy that just knows how to win. He's a gamer, and I really believe uh, you can't evaluate guys like that at a combine setting or at a pro day. Uh, they just there's something about them. They know how when the lights come on, they have ice in their veins, and they make plays. And that was Jake Delone to a T. And and I kind of feel like. That's what Ian Book is. He's just a, a guy that knows how to win, and when the game's on the line, he's going to make the play that helps your team win. Now, he's young. He's going to make mistakes. He's made a bunch of mistakes in practice so far, a bunch of picks, but he comes back from those. That's the thing you notice. And the thing that stood out to me about his career, Ken, in, in, at Notre Dame was how many comeback wins he authored. That's always a great sign for a quarterback. In other words, he's had adversity in the game. But when the game's on the line, he responds. That's that's a great quality. So clearly you feel like there is a chance for this guy as early as a year from now? Yeah, I, I think he could be the guy. I, I really do. But I also think uh, if, say, things don't work out for Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill this year, I think they'll be in the market for all kinds of quarterbacks. Maybe bring in a veteran. Maybe they get in there and Rodgers sweepstakes or Russell Wilson or even Deshaun Watson. I don't know, but... I think they'll survey the landscape, and and it wouldn't preclude them from bringing in another veteran guy uh, to you know to be the guy while Ian Book becomes the quarterback of the future. Like I I don't know if they cast the entire franchise uh, on his shoulders next year, but you never know, right? I mean, they could see enough of him this year. Circumstances play out. You, you just never know how it, how it'll happen in the NFL. Final thought with regard to evaluation right now, strongest spot on the team and weakest and or biggest concern on the team from your perspective? Both those are really easy for me. Uh, the offensive line, I think, is clear strength. Uh, that starting five, I think, is as good as any in the league. And to the uh, email we got earlier, they're going to run the ball, there's no doubt. That's going to be a strength of this team. Uh, they'll lean on that offensive line, and they're going to have a lot of play action off that. It's going to be a little different offense with whoever wins the job than it was with Drew Brees, more play action to play off that strong running game. And the biggest concern by far is cornerback. Uh, Sean knows it. The entire organization knows it. They've got to get another starting corner. That's hard to do. Those guys are hard to find. It's a valuable position. But I expect them to try and pull off a trade here in the next couple of weeks and get somebody in here that can start opposite Lattimore. Uh, otherwise, it could be a lot of shootouts this year. Uh, go back to the old 2000 you know, 14, 13 days when they're trying to win games 35-31. Mm -hmm. Yeah, before I let you get away, Patrick Robinson, was that unexpected, shocking, or, or somewhat expected? 
Well, I think it's the, the fact that he did it after a couple of weeks of camp was surprising. Uh, mm-hmm. But he was at that age, and he was not having a great camp. And I think you could see the writing on the wall. He knew they were looking for another corner and free agency. And this young kid, Ken uh, Paulson Adebo, the, the rookie from Stanford, I think he's going to be a player. I don't know how much he'll contribute this year, but he looks the part, and uh, I could see where maybe he saw himself falling behind that guy as well on the depth chart and said, you know what, I just don't have the heart anymore. It's time to hang it up. Yeah, somebody's got to play out on the island on the border. And I know Poole's a slot guy. I know C.J. Garner-Johnson, that guy. But I, I just think at some point you just put your best guys on the field regardless, right? Yeah, 100% agree. And um, it, I just think in this division with so many great uh, receivers, it's very difficult to um, – uh, to win if you don't have really strong cornerback play. And right now the Saints have so many question marks there. It's, it's a big concern. Follow him on Twitter. Of course, check him out every day through The Advocate. Advocate.com, NOLA.com, does a great job. Jeff Duncan, always appreciate it. Appreciate the time tonight. Great job with the story last Friday and in the Saturday. And keep up the great work. Thanks, Ken, for having me on, buddy. I'll look to see you down the road very soon. You got it, Jeff. Thank you. That's Jeff Duncan of The Advocate. And again, uh, Jeff was uh, completely and totally responsible for the Michael Thomas story. And as I've said over and over again, I think he was completely and totally accurate. And again, if you have any doubt about that, the silence is golden. It tells you everything you need to know. Jeff said it, and I agree with him 1,000%. If there was anything inaccurate about it, if there was anything wrong about it, you would have heard a response from the New Orleans Saints organization and how. And you haven't heard any of that. All you've gotten from Michael Thomas is the cryptic tweet about haven't heard the other side of the story. Well, we're all ears. We'd love to hear it. I don't know what other side of the story they can be when you ignore your employer, your head coach, your position coach, and your trainer. Strike one, strike two, strike three. I know this isn't baseball, but you struck out in a big way, buddy. And everybody loved Michael Thomas. Saints fans absolutely love and embrace this guy. So he has to go a long way to get people mad at him and to turn on him. He's done that. Now, I do agree with Jeff. I think there is a reasonable chance that he could regain the trust. Look, it's all about performance. It always has been. It always will be. He made the analogy about Michael Jordan. You know, he wasn't loved at all by his teammates. He was loved by fans, of course, because he was the greatest. Thomas had the greatest year, arguably, any wide receiver's ever had. He's not the greatest ever, and he's not the greatest in the game right now, but he's real good, and he's been a star for your team. So fans are forgiving. I believe teammates can be forgiving, but he's got to come forward with a mea culpa. He's got to be able to face his teammates. I mean, look, they put Drew Brees in front of the team last year and had him clear the air and basically apologize whether you feel he should have or not. Michael Thomas is going to have to go that route because he's let his team down completely with his antics What Drew Brees did was disappointed some people just with a point of view. So it's totally different. So Thomas is going to have to take the initiative here to try to get things accomplished 
and get people back on the right track and get himself back on the right track. I think it can be done. I know a lot of people feel like the relationship is fractured, it's over with, and at some point they'll make a deal and move on. But we shall see if, in fact, it is repairable because it takes two sides to to make that possible, to bring it together, to have people in a situation where they actually are going to give somebody a second chance and are going to let bygones be bygones. I mean, forgiveness is a great virtue. And when you've been wronged, it's it's not an easy feeling. It's not a good feeling. You know exactly what I'm talking about because you've been there at some point in your life to some degree with some experience and probably multiple times. It's certainly true with me. And I can honestly tell you that in many cases, I've been able to get past it. And in my case, it's been a matter of sometimes being prayerful to do so. But I guarantee you, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that there's one or two that I didn't get past or haven't gotten past yet that I'm still trying to conquer. So it takes that basic element of forgiveness in your own mind, in your own heart, to be able to get to that place in time where you can find a way to forgive. And you can reconcile with the future and forget the past. Okay, so maybe not forget. You know the old saying, you can forgive, but you'll never forget. Well, no. I don't think any of us ever forget any of the life's experiences we have that are extremely positive or extremely negative. Those are pretty easy to distinguish, right? So we're not going to forget them. And this one's certainly not going to be forgotten. But again, I do think there is a pathway to be able to put Humpty Dumpty back together again, right? So it would be for the best of the player and the best of the organization, considering his contract still has multiple years on it. And the cap hit could be pretty solid. Because the other side of the equation is this. What's his trade value at this point? He's been insubordinate to his team. Other teams are going to frown upon that. In addition to that, he's been injured. And now he's had to undergo surgery. And to lop on top of that, the fact that he's not a guy that runs extremely well anyway, that's not his strength. He's not a downfield guy. Some of the critics have called him the king of slants. Well, it takes a man to run slants. Let me start there. It takes a tough guy to do what he does. guy with courage to do it consistently and be willing to absorb the enormous punishment that you're going to take. The Saints had a guy named Eric Martin who did a lot of the same things. But Eric Martin wasn't overall as quick as Thomas or quite as good, although he was really good. Danny Abramowitz back in the day was a similar type of guy. Really good, but not this good. This guy was elite. He put numbers up that are unprecedented. So just like Jeff Duncan said about Drew Brees, it's easy to take for granted an individual until you don't have the individual. And I know quarterback's a totally different position, and it's the most important position on the field, but there is a valid comparison here. You know, you don't want to take for granted what Michael Thomas, a healthy Michael Thomas, has done and can do for your team and organization. 
And I think everyone understands and respects what he's done on the field. Now he has to start over again, basically, and and re-earn that respect from the fan base, from teammates, and from coaches, whom he's obviously eschewed and insulted. And as I wrote at CrescentCitySports.com, it's not a cop-out. I know it's a popular sentiment that's expressed, but if Jeff Duncan did that in his workplace and didn't respond to his superiors for a day or two, much less for three months, he'd be suspended probably without pay or lose his job. The same applies to me. If I didn't respond to the folks here at Cumulus Radio and they were trying to communicate with me something important and I just ignored them, I would bet that I'd have discipline thrown at me and and how and would be understanding of it. And people that live in the real world, outside of athletics, where billions of dollars are tossed around, they get that. And there is no leeway or forgiveness to be able to get past that. You either show up and perform or you're going to be gone. Of course, the obvious question is, if this was a lesser player, what would have been the result? I think we know the answer to that. He's probably gone already. But he's not a lesser player. He's a star. And maybe the star of stars on your team. With all due respect to Armstead and Ramchek and Kamara and Cam Jordan and Demario Davis and Lattimore. Oh, by the way, yeah, the Saints still have some good players. <laughs> They're not bereft of talent, and that draws upon the other point that Jeff spoke of. This is not a terrible team. The problem with this team is depth. And when you take Lattimore away, which will probably happen for at least a small period of time, when you take Anulata away for a substantial period of time, it's going to hurt quite a bit. Now you take your kicker away. And Maher is a guy that has an incredibly strong leg, by the way. He's made a 63-yard or a 62-yard. He can kick touchbacks. But it's accuracy. And with a kicker, you have to be able to depend on that guy to knock home 80-plus percent from field goals. Not two-thirds, which was what he did in his last year in Dallas. you got to have a guy that makes 80-plus percent. you got to have a guy that's automatic inside of 40 and a guy that can make 65 to 75 percent from 40-plus. And if you don't have that, you're a problem. But that's another loss that this team has incurred. And again, they've had to reach deep into the the arsenal to find somebody to replace their kicker. Tough. But again, the hits just keep on coming. It seems like it is something new every day, doesn't it? It's remarkable to see the bad fortune that's come upon this team. One of my favorite lines that I utilize all the time on these shows and in my analysis at CrescentCitySports.com is to have that elite season, to have that elite team, to have that elite result, you have to be good, of course. But you also have to be lucky. And when those two coincide, then you have a chance at something really special. Oftentimes you're good, sometimes very good, but you're unlucky. That clearly defines the New Orleans Saints over the last several years. Going back to the Minnesota Miracle, that's just bad luck. Going back to the Nola No Call, that's bad luck. Or even the Rudolph Push-Off, that's bad luck. 
or last year the the Breeze injuries on a team that had a chance to win it all, a team that had whipped Tampa Bay twice and was leading them again in the third quarter when Jared Cook fumbles the ball. The injuries to key players, including Thomas last year, just bad luck. So they've been good, but they've not been lucky at all. Now, the question is, are they any good anymore? Because they surely aren't very lucky now, are they? I think legitimate points to consider, and I think when you look at the entire scenario that exists right now, the best thing you can say about this team is they understand winning. They're accustomed to it. They have that entire persona and understanding of what it takes to win. And they have an excellent head coach and coaching staff, an organization that has built four consecutive division championship teams. So there's that to draw upon. There's still really good core players. I mentioned names previously, and I agree with Jeff. The offensive line is a real strength. Defensive end could be a real strength of this team. I think running back will be a strength of this team. It's not like they're devoid of talent. They've got some strong points where this team is concerned. But for every one of the strong points, they have either a real question, a serious question, or they have an absolute problem at particular spots where it's more than just a question, but it's a weakness. So that's where you find them right now. It's really a serious situation to ponder and deal with. So when you consider the situation, you have to understand that the Saints right now are in transition. And the hope is that it's not a total transition and the dreaded R word comes into play, rebuilding. You hope that it's just a transition whereby they're not a top-shelf team, but they remain competitive, possibly could still have a winning season, and maybe even contend for the playoffs. But we all hearken back to what happened in 2012, 7-9, and then the 2014 through 2016 seasons when they were mediocre for three consecutive years. For that matter, ditto in 07 and 08. Those were periods we remember and remember pretty well. And I don't think anybody wants to go back there. But let's face it, in 2021, that is a legitimate possibility, maybe a stark reality for the New Orleans Saints. Your thoughts are welcome at 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061. Email at ken at crescentcitysports.com. If others have already done, we welcome your thoughts and your opinions. We'll take a time out here if you'd like to talk Saints. We're glad to do so moving forward. When we return, we'll hit on the New Orleans Pelicans. Their second summer league game is underway. Love to hear from you. 504-260-1061 is the number to call. This is All Access for a Friday night. Rudy Dixon is our producer. I'm Ken Trahan, and we're back in just a moment here on 1061 FM, Nash Icon, and of course on the web at NashFM1061.com. If you're over the never-ending New Orleans summer heat, it's hot. Then you're one of us. It's hot. Welcome to 1061 Nash Icon's never-ending summer of Nash. I mean, let's be honest. We all prefer Nash country over 106 degrees. Oh, 
Let us reward your battle against the heat with some of the hottest tickets in New Orleans. It's all about having a good time, right? Every weekday while you work with Scott Innes, you can win tickets to Florida Georgia Live. This is how we Luke Combs. Church. All you gotta do is put a drink in my hand. Yes, one Nash winner will get them all. Get the code to text every day while you work. Stream us online at NashFM1061.com. Then turn it up loud. The never-ending summer of Nash. Only from New Orleans Country Giant. 1061 Nash FM. I got to tell you, the Ford F-150 and I, well, we're kind of like family. Ford's the number one selling truck in America for 42 years, and Lamarck's the number one Ford dealer. So come get your number one truck from your number one dealer, Lamarck Ford, where everybody gets remarkable deals and service. And wait till you see what we've done and still doing to the big store in Kenna. We're using local money, not Wall Street money. Visit Lamarck.com for more details. Drive safely, my friends. Number one claim based on 2018 new Ford vehicle retail sales report Memphis Region Zone E. DA Exterminating is proud to be locally owned and serving Louisiana's Gulf South for over 60 years. If you want a fast response and great service, call DA now on the North Shore and in Metairie, or you can visit us online at daexterminating.com. This report is sponsored by Staples Stores. Staples Connect has amazing prices for your back-to-school list, like Crayola 12-count colored pencils and 10-plus-2 marker bonus packs are just 97 cents each. Offer ends 9-18-21, limit 30. Be more than ready for school. Visit your local Staples store staples.com slash back to school staples i'm ken trahan welcome to your daily sports report presented by crescentcitysports.com saints veteran cornerback patrick robinson abruptly announced his retirement on tuesday just days before the preseason opener at baltimore saturday robinson was a first round pick of the saints in 2010 and played five seasons in new orleans robinson returned to the saints in 2018 robinson was being counted on to help fill the cornerback void left by the departure of janoris jenkins and the possible suspension of marshawn Lattimore. robinson played 11 seasons total in the nfl the New Orleans Pelicans have officially signed first-round draft pick Trey Murphy III. Murphy debuted in the Summer League with 26 points on Monday. The Pelicans are back in action in Summer League play in Las Vegas against Oklahoma City today. LSU is ranked 13th, Louisiana Lafayette 23rd, and the first college football poll released Tuesday, the Coaches Poll. Alabama, the overwhelming number one team. Clemson is second, Oklahoma third, Ohio State fourth, and Georgia fifth. Texas A&M is sixth, Cincinnati tenth, Florida is 11th, Ole Miss is 25th. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed day and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan. I'm looking forward to a play date with my granddaughter. Nana! (laughs) I can't wait to get together with my friends for a backyard barbecue. If you're 65 or older, you're starting to get back to doing things you love. Did you know even healthy adults 65 and older are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia? It's a potentially serious bacterial lung disease that can disrupt your life for weeks. Help protect yourself with the Prevnar 13 pneumococcal 13 valent conjugate vaccine, diphtheria CRM197 protein. Prevnar 13 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 13 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 13 does not protect against all strains of the disease. Ask your doctor or pharmacist today about Prevnar 13. Learn more at Prevnar13.com. Don't get Prevnar 13 if you have had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with a weakened immune system may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-866-694-9300 or visit Prevnar13.com. Now's the time. What's on your mind? 
Time to express your thoughts by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and all access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 260-1061. The New Orleans Pelicans are playing their second summer league game as we speak. And that's against the Oklahoma City Thunder in Las Vegas. Late first quarter, Pelicans with a 22-17 lead over the Thunder. Kyra Lewis leading the way with six points at this point for the Pelicans. He has one assist. He also has a steal. He played pretty well in game one of the Summer League as well. Jose Alvarado, a two-way player, four points, two steals for the Pelicans thus far. And they would be the two people that have played pretty well to this point. Trey Murphy has not scored yet. He's played almost seven minutes, but he hasn't scored in the game for New Orleans. He's taken two shots. Herb Jones, a second-round pick, has two points. Thus far, he's played just about five minutes in the contest for the Pelicans, who lead it 22-17 to over Oklahoma City. Second game of Summer League action for New Orleans, and they do go to the break. So after one, 22-17, is the score in favor of New Orleans. All right, so we, again, issue the cautionary tale. Don't put a lot of stock in what you see in the summer league. Although I will say this, this time around, with the head coach, Willie Green, coaching the summer league team, uh, there's going to be more of a focus on players. He has to get a look at these players he just took over. Getting a look at a guy like Alvarado, a two-way guy, to see if he is, in fact, worth it at all. And we'll see. When you look at Herb Jones, he's going to be part of this team in the regular season, right? That's certainly true of Kyra Lewis Jr. That's true of Najee Marshall. That's true of Trey Murphy. That's four guys that are definitely going to be part of the regular season roster. And you got to believe Didi Luzada, who got a new deal, is going to be as well. Got to believe that's the case with all of these guys. So that's a lot of dudes playing on your summer league team that are not just going to make your roster, but figure to log some minutes during the course of the season. And I think you have to take that into consideration. David Griffin expressing that he thinks this roster, he's very pleased with where it's at. He thinks it's clearly better than last season already. That is the regular season roster, not the summer league. And I agree with him. I still would like to see one more move for a veteran. But I do think they've improved their shooting with the addition of Murphy. Graham will offset the shooting of Ball. So they've improved the shooting a little bit. They certainly have improved defensively. Jones is a very good defender. Marshall for a full year. Good defender. You get Josh Hart back. If he's here, he's a pretty good defender. Murphy's a willing defender. Didi Luzada is a good on-the-ball defender. So I think defensively, they've improved. I think shooting, they've improved a little bit. And then, of course, scoring. You get Graham for ball. It's a virtual wash. You get Valanchunas instead of Adams, and that's an upgrade. Valanchunas is a much better scorer than Adams and a much better shooter. When I talked about shooting, 
I should have included Valanciunas because he can take his game out on the floor and he can shoot it. So there's that. I think this is a guy that will absolutely help you in that regard also. So I agree with Griffin's assessment. I think they are definitely better right now than they were at the end of last season. Now, they were 10 games under 500, so they've got to be better. I mean, that goes without saying. But I do believe that's true in evaluating this team. But as you watch these five summer league games, watch those five guys that I just talked about because they're the ones that matter. See what you see in those guys. And it's not always about the number of points that are scored. Just watch the player and see what kind of basketball moxie, basketball IQ, something that Griffin said must improve too, and overall commitment and skill level that you see. Watch Herb Jones. Watch Najee Marshall. Watch Kyra Lewis. Watch Trey Murphy. Watch Didi Lozada. Anybody else that emerges from this and earns an invitation to camp for the regular season, well, that's a blessing. It's a plus. But again, roster spots are going to be hard to come by with what you already have. By the way, Oklahoma City's on a 5-0 run. They've tied the game 22-22 early second period as the Pelicans have gotten sloppy with the basketball most recently. Your thoughts on the Pelicans? Again, it's 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061 if you'd like to join in the conversation. Love to get your take on this team. Tulane's athletic director getting uh, an important position today. We'll tell you about that. We'll touch base on college football as a whole. When we return, get you caught up on some NFL notes as well. It's 504-260-1061 or email me, Ken, at CrescentCitySports.com. It's all access for a Wednesday night. It is Wednesday, right? I'm Ken Trahan. Rudy Dixon, our producer. A brief timeout. We're back in just a moment here on 1061 FM, Nash Icon. We're on the web at Nash FM. 1061.com. Before I started using Dawn Platinum, I avoided actual dishes. I even ate my cereal in a paper cup. But with Platinum, cleanup is so darn easy. It removes up to 99% of tough grease faster. Mm, Dawn Platinum makes cleanup so darn easy. Marketing your business on social media these days can be a real challenge. Knowing the difference between a boost and a post or a click and a like can make your head swim. Plus the time and attention you lose from, you know, actually running your business. But don't worry, Cumulus Media is here to help. Our turnkey social media marketing options help you reach more than 1.1 million active users in the metro area on Facebook and Instagram and turn them into your customers. Contact us today to get started at NolaCumulusPairs at Cumulus.com and ask about our Plus 20 special. This report is sponsored by Staples Stores. Staples Connect has innovative tools. This week get 30% back in Staples Store bonus when you spend $85 on ink or $200 on toner. In-store only, offer ends 821, limit 4. Visit staplesconnect.com slash store bonus for details. Staples Connect, the working and learning store. This is Josh Danzig with Where You At Magazine and WhereYouAt.com for 1061 Nash Icon, presented by Sky Vodka. You, the readers of Where You At Magazine, have voted for the greatest that New Orleans has to offer in dining and more in the 2021 Best of the Big Easy contest. And here are the results. 
For best restaurant in the Maroney Bywater, in first place is Bywater American Bistro. In second is Pizza Delicious. And in third place is Paladar 511. For complete voting results in the 2021 Best of the Big Easy contest in dining, shopping, and more, log on to whereyat.com and click on Best of the Big Easy. Cumulus New Orleans, incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. Where can I get a nice cold beer and a view of the hottest girls in town? Nowhere else but Visions Men's Club serving $2 beer all day and all week long. Beat the heat and inflation at Visions on Dalman Road, where all the smart locals go. Your bachelor party headquarters open from 11 a.m. until the cock crows. Traffic is brought to you by Visions Men's Club, serving $2 beer all day and all week long. This is where you get all access, not partial access or cut off phone calls. All are welcome. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. A prestigious position for Tulane Athletic Director Troy Dannon. Dannon, one of 23 collegiate athletic leaders that will serve on the NCAA Constitution Committee. That announcement coming Earlier this afternoon from the NCAA Board of Governors, the 23-member committee, which represents all three collegiate athletic divisions, will focus on proposing ideas to reshape the landscape of collegiate athletics. Dannett is one of four, only four, current Division I athletic directors on the National Committee. Now, with his appointment to the Constitution Committee, Dannett now serves on three different NCAA committees. He also currently serves as the chair of the NCAA Football Competition Committee, and he is a member of the NCAA Football Oversight Committee. So you ask, what is it all about? Well, the purpose of this committee is to identify the core principles that define college sports and propose a new governance model that allows for quicker change without sacrificing broader values, reaffirming or redefining those values. The committee, by the way, chaired by former U.S. Secretary of Defense Robert Gates, one of five independent members of the Board of Governors, and a former president at Texas A&M. So, Dannon getting this particular honor and being part of an influential committee with the NCAA. Kudos to Mr. Dannon. Wish him nothing but the best in his pursuits in that regard. Would be nice. 260-1061. Pelicans now trail 30-27 to to Oklahoma City. 524 to play in the first half. Kyra Lewis back on the floor. He's got eight points, two assists, two rebounds, and a steal. Thus far, he's the one player that's Playing well, Najee Marshall, five points and three rebounds for the Pelicans. Who have not been able to get Trey Murphy going. He's played nine minutes and has not scored yet. And again, has only taken two shots coming off of a 26-point performance. And second-round pick Herb Jones has two points in the game to this point. Najee Marshall scores again, give him seven points. So now it's 30-29, to 29, Oklahoma City. And Marshall... Is a solid player. This guy emerged last year 
And again, you really like him because he's a two-way guy. Plays both ends of the floor, has versatility. He does have basketball smarts. Liked him a lot. Was a real find for this organization. And he's showing that right now when it comes to summer league play in Las Vegas. So again, Oklahoma City on top of New Orleans, 30-29 to in the second quarter. Looking forward to seeing uh, what transpires with that organization. All right, if you'd like to join us, 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061, the number to call. Still time to do so. Another segment left to go. And when we return, we'll get you caught up on what to expect with high school football right here on 106.1 FM this season. Yep, we'll tell you all about it and do so gladly and happily and informationally when we return in just a moment. It's all access for a Wednesday night. I'm Ken Trahan. Again, it's 260-1061 to join us, and we're back in just a moment here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon. And as always, you can get us on the World Wide Web at NashFM1061.com. Patrick was way behind on his IRS taxes. I was in way over my head. The total amount ended up being somewhere just over $30,000. $30,000. Then the IRS came to collect. Started getting letter after letter. A lien had been filed against me. They were going to basically like hang me completely out to dry. He had to do something. That's when I reached out to Optima Tax Relief. Patrick's life quickly got a lot easier. It was very easy. Pretty much hands off, you know, they picked up the ball and ran with it. And how'd it go? I couldn't believe it. I had to ask like two or three times. I saved an incredible amount of money. How does Patrick feel about Optima? Couldn't be happier. They definitely helped me. Optima Tax Relief, the best place to call. They're the best in the business. Do what Patrick did and call Optima Tax Relief for a free consultation. Call 800-845-8122. 800-845-8122. 800-845-8122. Optima Tax Relief. Who brought the sauce? I brought the sauce. Who made the sauce? I made the sauce. What's in the sauce? I am the sauce. Who brought the sauce? Spill the sauce? Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up spills and messes quicker. And each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less than the leading ordinary brand. Who brought the sauce? I brought the sauce. Who made the sauce? I made the sauce. What's in the sauce? I am the sauce. Who brought the sauce? Okay. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Always welcoming intelligent points of view. It's all access with Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call at 504-260-1061. A talented but troubled player is, again, got trouble and, as a result, doesn't have a team. Alden Smith, with his comeback in the NFL, short-circuited because the Seattle Seahawks have waived the veteran defensive end. Reports are that it resulted from an off-the-field matter, not football-related, but for violating the team's trust. Of course, Smith, 31, has faced all kinds of issues previously, legal issues, alcohol issues, was arrested in April on second-degree battery charge right here in Louisiana, and now released by the Seahawks 
He had praised the support staff of the Seahawks previously for helping him to deal with all of his issues. Bottom line is, Smith was accused of choking a man unconscious during an altercation that began here in New Orleans in a coffee shop. Apparently, Channel 4 here reported that Smith had confronted a man about marital issues the man was having with one of Smith's relatives. Just two days before that, the Seahawks had signed Smith to a one-year, $1.1 million contract with 137500 guaranteed. Smith did not take part in the Seahawks' voluntary offseason program, but again, many veteran players did not. So that wasn't the issue, but again, his off-the-field problems have short-circuited his comeback with Seattle, so Alden Smith gone from the Seahawks. Reports today that Carson Wentz could possibly return from his foot surgery by the start of the regular season. That would be a huge, huge plus for the Colts if that's the case. And they can mitigate the damage of not having to go out and get somebody. Because that's what everybody's been thinking they were going to do. But we'll see if that, in fact, turns out to be the case. Meanwhile, it hasn't been spoken of a bit, but Joe Burrow's really struggled in camp with the Bengals. And it's all stemming from the very serious knee injury that he had last year and trying to get comfortable on it and get comfortable with doing the things you have to do in the NFL. So he struggled quite a bit. Hopefully, mentally and physically, Joe can get over those issues. Really special, talented young player. Was off to a really good start in the NFL, but got his knee torn up and now struggling in camp. So hopefully that changes and gets amended sometime in the near future because this kid, again, we all know what he was all about at LSU, and we all saw those same qualities with Cincinnati a year ago before the injury took its toll. And a very serious knee injury at that, as mentioned. So we'll be watching very closely to see if Joe Burrow can emerge from that and become the type of player that he was and the type of player that everyone in these parts, believes that he can be. 2601061 to join us. All right, so we're getting ready, folks. 27th year of Ken Trahan's original prep football report set to debut on Friday, September the 3rd, coinciding with the start of the regular season in high school football. All systems go at this point. We're also proud to announce we're going to partner with Francesca's by Katie's once again this year, where we will have our live portion of our show from Francesca's on Harrison Avenue. Thanks to our friend Scott Craig. And we'll have specific school nights for all 10 weeks of the regular season, which we will schedule and announce weekly for those schools. And live at Francesca's will be our friends Les East and Jude Young. They will be on location at Francesca's this year to bring you the live portion of the show on location. I'll be in the studio to anchor things, as always, with my friend Rudy, helping take care of business. Of course, we have the best scoreboard in Louisiana, updated every minute through CrescentCitySports.com. Affiliates, of course, once again, on board, and many sponsors to help make it happen. Analysis from all over the state, previews of the top games around the state, and then reports for up to 40 games per night of top games around Louisiana. That's all coming up 
on the original. Again, it debuts on Friday, September the 3rd, 27th year. You ready? We are. want to thank Jeff Duncan for spending time with us tonight. Thanks to our listeners and to our sponsors for making it happen. Our thanks to Rudy Dixon for a job well done tomorrow night. The life